This is Philip H. Anselmo, and you're fucking listening to the Phantasm Podcast. Beware. Beware. Beware, you sons of bitches. It's What the fuck is up and welcome to the Phantasm Podcast. I'm Corey Gorkreist with me, Dr. Vincent fucking West. Hey, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? And we got Phil Anselmo on the show. If you don't know who that is, uh, I, I got nothing for you. And as far as this film is concerned that we have for you guys today, it's just another one of those things where if you don't know who uh, Vincent Price is, I, I, just, I just got nothing for you. But what do we have for him? We have Witchfinder General. in a prescribed fashion and cast into the moat. Only from the pen of Edgar Allan Poe could come such an horrendous tale of terror. The Conqueror Worm. Starring Vincent Price in the most diabolic role of his career. Look for the devil's marks upon him. Get on with your task. The distorted genius of Poe creates poetic beauty from pain idyllic love as a tool of torture. Men sometimes have strange motives for the things they do. I know. You've got an accusation to make. I'll get your confession for you. I'm husband to Sarah Lowe's. <laughs> He's a man who's out to kill both of us. And it appears to me that we should take steps to see to his death first. Leave the children at home. And if you're squeamish, stay home with them. I shall kill you. Please, leave the children at home. A.K.A. Conqueror Worm. Uh, This is 1968. Of course, the one we're watching is from the Volume 1 collection, of the Vincent Price collection from Scream Factory. Hope you got about 300 bucks. (laughs) It's... If you, if you didn't buy it when you had it, the chance to when it first came out, uh, it's very, very limited run. It was cut in half whenever they started selling this. So um, I think it was, you know, I'd, I'd have to look this up, but I think it was, it was in production run. for about, it was in production for maybe six months. It's like 1,500 copies or less. Well, no, it, it wasn't set to be limited. Well, it's because they got... They got in trouble. They got knocked in the middle yeah, of which it. we won't get into that. I don't want to get them in trouble any more than it already did. But either way, you can't get this unless you bought off eBay or Amazon private seller. But you're looking at about 300 No, the next two collections, bucks. you can get it for about, you know, 60 bucks. 
because um, those are still available. Great sets. Uh, limited, limited quantities, though. You want to still pick up two and volumes two and three while you can. Um, I don't think these are most people's thing. I mean, I'm a huge Hammer film fan and, and, and Hammer horror, and, and for me, it's uh, whoops, and uh, <laughs> you know, zip. I was fucking a corpse in the back, but anyway, but the. You know, for me, it was like this is essential viewing because I, I I never could find the midnight movies versions of MGM put out of these on DVD, and all the trolls fucking you know Ooh. sucked them all we up. Already, and I never we got already got to. a nice hanging. I mean, this film is fucking nasty. This is it's a short film. Two and a half minutes in, and we already got a, a witch hanging. Um, this is based on a, a true story, I believe, from the 1640s. Uh, the character that uh, you know, the witch hunter that. Um, Vincent Price plays was a real guy, apparently. Who, uh, the original guy they wanted to play Vincent Price's character is uh, Donald Pleasance. Yes. Is who they originally wanted for this role. But, um, of course, again, if you all don't know who Donald Pleasance is, I'm not even going to go there. But anyway, um, I want to say something about uh, Vincent Price, though, for for just for, for. newer fans out there for people that maybe are not a fan of him and they only maybe know him from uh, the Michael Jackson Thriller song which that's sad and pathetic and uh, Edward Scissorhands <laughs> again that's sad and pathetic the guy is that's, a, that's like knowing a cornerstone uh, a staple as far as I'm concerned uh, in horror that's like knowing Doug Bradley for being on Cradle of Filth Records Exactly. <laughs> it's like, are you it serious? is. It really, it really is. You're, that's a perfect because like, people have that's come a up, perfect description I've had, of just, that. I've and, had you know people um, say stuff like that it's, before where they're like oh you mean the guy that's on Cradle Filth albums is like well he's also Hellraiser more famously but you know yeah I guess at least you know something about him that's but but for me this this when this set came out I was like this is a perfect this is a perfect no nonsense purchase and there oh, were when I there saw were that people, I was like the doctor already has that Oh man, I'm a huge, I'm a huge Vincent Price fan. Now, that's what I was saying. As soon as I saw it come out, I was like, and honestly, the the Scream Factory sets. I want to actually say this to people out there: if you're considering buying some Vincent Price stuff, these collections are actually the best thing that you can actually do if you're going to buy something, because you get all these great films. And I give the folks at Scream Factory all the credit in the world. They pick some really good films. And uh, um, you know, uh, they're just—you just really can't go wrong. I mean, I like all the films that are in Volume One, Two, and Three. Volume One, of course, being my favorite because these are some of the ones that I saw as a kid when I was growing up. Because uh, uh, my aunt and uncle were fans of uh, of Vincent Price, and um, you know, and it's it, to me, it's essential viewing. I used to watch these on a Saturday afternoon. Uh, in the in the summer and in the winter, and it was just something I like to cozy up with. I'd have a blanket and a pillow, and I'd lay there and watch Vincent Price movies. It's same as I did Hammer Horror stuff. It was something that I enjoyed uh, from my early childhood, and and uh, I hope it's something that that maybe you guys can get into. It's I realize they're slow; they're not like slasher films, and they're not you know, but there's so much atmosphere, and there's so much. Uh, there's so much depth in these films, I think, and as I've gotten older, especially, I've I've really learned to appreciate them uh, more than I ever did as as a small child. So it's something that I really enjoy. And, and you know, people that are Universal Horror Film, uh, excuse me, Universal Horror Film fans. Well, for me, this is my Universal Horror is the Vincent Price stuff. I'd rather watch the Vincent Price stuff. It's a lot newer. I agree, uh, yeah. 
and it's it's just you know it's just for me it's just a lot more fun to watch I enjoy these I, the acting's really good in them and, and they're fun and, and uh, I don't know they're just great I don't, I don't really have anything else to, to say nice about these other than they're just really cool and what was uh, really neat for me was um, when I got this I've got the posters of course too that came with them and and uh, I always shelled out the money on these, like sixty dollars to me. And people, you know, may think that's silly, but you look back on it now, and it's like, well, I mean, I guess it's better than paying three hundred and three fifty or whatever. Yeah, it is. you never know when they'll just cut the run on these. And like I said, if you're if you are a horror fan, you know, and, and it's something that if you like investing in stuff, even if you never watch it, I always tell people to buy Vincent Price stuff because once it's gone, it's gone. Right. Uh, these, these, as far as I'm concerned, are national film treasures. Even if I wasn't into horror, I love these movies because I grew up with them. So, you know. But, yeah. And this is a good film, and I'm rambling. I'm sorry, I could talk all day about Vincent Price. Well, this story of this film is awesome. Um, like the actual true story of it. Uh, the character that Vincent Price plays is based on a Matthew Hopkins. And he was like 25 when he died. But him and one other dude killed more than 300 people, mostly women. Um, you know, witch hunting or what have you. And there was about roughly 500 people in total that were executed for witchcraft in England. Uh, it says between the late 15th and 18th centuries... Which means the Hopkins was responsible for two thirds of the executions, like in a span of three years. Wow! So that's pretty fucking brutal. And you know, who Where was this one shot at? Uh, Just some history for me on this that I don't know about. On Suffolk, the interiors were filmed in uh, converted aircraft hangars near Berry Street. Edmonds and Suffolk is what it says. Canada? I'm assuming it's England. Where they? Oh, England. Um, but yeah, the climax of the film was shot at the Orford Castle on the coast of East Anglia, which is an English... Is this a Roger movie. Corman production? I don't think it is. I know... Uh, I didn't see his name mentioned in any of this. However... It's one of those where it feels like a Corman picture. It does a little bit, yeah. But I don't think it is a Corman picture. Yeah, I had somebody actually offer me $100 for this recently, and I told him to go to hell. Yeah, it's like... Uh, Lewis Hayward produced this, and Arnold Miller. Um, which I think did do... They produced some Corman stuff. It looks like they did... Well, they did Dr. Five's Rides Again. Um... Planet of the Vampires. That's a Mario Bava thing. Yeah. Vampire Lovers, Cry of the Banshee. Vampire Lovers is a hammer thing. Yep. And uh, Scream and Scream Again, The Shade. Scream and Scream Again is about to come out. I've already ordered that. Uh, Oblong Box. Oblong Box is great. I need to buy that one. Let's see. And so he did a bunch of this stuff. You know. you know, I told you I didn't have Oblong Box, and yeah. then I thought I did, and I do have it. Oh, okay. I've never opened it. So you need another one so you can open it. Well, no. It's it's <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like a lot of my Vincent Price stuff, especially the 
just if you guys are interested in this, it's kind of nerdy, but I buy a lot of his stuff and I never open it just because I know it's going to go out of print. This Arnold Miller guy that per- that produced it, yeah. but I guess co-produced it. I mean, he looks his discography, his filmography. It looks like he's done a bunch of porn, like seventies porn shit. That's kind of cool. It is cool. Let's see, frustrated wives. <laughs> We're ready now. Let's see. Our husbands won't be home till six, so come on over. That's what it says on the. <laughs> oh, it does like it's like sex exploitation stuff. Sixties. Interesting. It's kind of cool, you know. And, and this movie's sixty-eight. Yes. This is good though. Usually, and look, this is a, a testament to us fans that just like horror movies. I mean. It doesn't matter when they came out. Good movies are good movies. And just because this is old doesn't mean it's a boring piece of shit. Vincent Price is, you know, the master. There are a lot of people, though, I think, that have a slow attention span that can't get into this type of horror. But to me, it's essential. This film is nasty. It's very dark. Uh, Vincent Price plays, like, such a fucking, like, nasty character. Like, this is one of his... If not the best, like villain role that he plays in this film, it's awesome. I guess we should also talk about our guest since we're pretty far. Yeah. Um, I mean, what is there to say, really? I mean, uh, I, the only thing Tom I Salmo, can't thank you enough for doing. Yeah, man. we had a great time. Uh, it was just, it was just a lot of fun. We we saw Super Join on their on their recent tour, the uh, Caught Up in the Gears of Application tour. Uh, their performance is fucking killer. Uh, they always bring the fucking energy when they play. Anytime I've seen them, um, it was it was a good time. The the show was great. Phil was great. Um, yes, he was very nice. We got to hang out and we got to. Well, hopefully you'll enjoy the interview. We had a really good interview with him. I hope he enjoys it if he listens to it. And I want to thank you. Uh, uh, his manager for letting us do it, and it was just really nice, man. The whole thing was really cool, and I was happy to get to do it. We got a longer interview than I thought we were going to get to. And yeah, shout out to Kate. We really appreciate it. We had a lot of fun with it. So hopefully you guys will enjoy what we're doing for it here, and hopefully Phil will enjoy as a horror fan. Hopefully he'll appreciate the uh, Witch Funder General. Yeah, we had a pretty good talk about horror, pretty extensive uh, about his taste of stuff, and... Uh, He's a big Bava guy, which I respect. You know, it's another one of those things. If you're Vincent Price fan, one way, you know, you gotta love the Bava stuff too. And you know, for the Doctor and I, we're you know, of course, the Doctor's you know lived a lot longer and in the years of horror as it's came out, you know, than I have. But you know, um, I've always appreciated this stuff growing up as well it's just always been around well horror is you know to me and i think you've got great taste i mean everybody likes different stuff you know it's weird because i i was thinking recently you know there's just essential shit that you have to. well there is and it's but there's there's also stuff that you just dig you know like i really dig hammer horror stuff i really dig vincent price movies i really dig you know his horror stuff vincent price did a lot of stuff that wasn't horror but primarily he did horror the stuff that's not horror um I'm not that big of a fan, so I don't buy those things that he did, but it's just not something I'm interested in. Right. But, uh, you know, 
and and everybody likes different stuff, you know. Like I guess my favorite, and this is weird, but I guess my favorite Italian horror director is probably Dario Argento. I guess that's good stuff. He eats really. It is my favorite. It's what, and it's because I had a friend Peter that was really into um, his stuff, and 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 that's that was my exposure to it. Although Peter's favorite director was Cronenberg, and I'm also a fan of that stuff as well. But but it, I really got into Argento, and it's and you know you've gotten me into. Into uh, Mario Bava, Mario Bava also enjoyed, but um, you really got me into um, Fulci stuff, which is something that I was never real big into. He kind of dabbled in that, but Love that's more Fulci. your thing. Oh, I know you do, and yeah. but uh, but no, Vincent Price to me, it's essential viewing. If, if people don't like it, that's fine. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to sell anybody that listens to us on Vincent Price. It's just something that I would recommend if you're because if you're if you're interested in some older stuff. Definitely the Roger Corman era stuff that Vincent did uh, is. Is crucial, and it's also where my name came from. I was actually named after Vincent Price, but anyway. And of course, uh, <clears throat> you know, even the Corman shit definitely worth a watch. Oh know? yeah, well, I'm especially like, the stuff he did with him. I mean, if you're going to go outside of that with Roger Corman, I'd like to re- recommend to you guys uh, Jack Nicholson's first movie uh, with Boris Karloff, little guy you may have heard of. <laughs> uh, but Boris Karloff and Jack Nicholson in a movie called The Terror, which is one of my favorite films ever made, which is now on Blu-ray. Yeah, it's and there's actually yeah there's two different versions you get you get the the uh, film detective version of it with a restoration or you can just get this other because it's a uh, it's it's something my dream actually for Corey and I to put out some movies ourselves it's it's a uh, it's a um, oh we talked about this before you and I did I'm just talking about I can't think of it uh, hold on it's uh, public domain public domain so I'd love to put a uh, um, phantasm version of the terror out because I'm a huge fan of the film. It's it, it literally is my favorite Corman movie, other than the uh, than the Vincent Price stuff. But it's a great movie. Jack Nicholson's first role, and uh, it's just fucking great. It's a great fucking movie. No, it's a good that. one to go to sleep to. It's a good one to kind of just curl up to and go to sleep and just relax. It's very relaxing and right. the castle by the ocean. Anyway, it's fucking awesome. But of course, for me with Corman would be more. Uh... No, I love Galaxy of Terror and uh, you like the stuff he did in the eighties. Yeah, it's good stuff. Of course, for it know. is good stuff. And you know, before there was a Scream Factory, Shout Factory was just putting his stuff out. Yeah, and I have some of that stuff. Um, of course, my favorite thing that they put out that Corman did was a, a space adventure that they did with uh, David Hasselhoff in it. You got people doing the nasty here. Yeah, and I'll, I want to talk about That's this. I don't know if you've Arnold, noticed this the yet. Arnold Miller there is there, there is no Vincent Price yet. Yeah, he was in the beginning, kind of on the horse, like looking around. Which apparently, in the first day of filming, he fell off his horse. Which is shitty. Jesus didn't wasn't a uh, Christopher Reeves incident, thank God. But yeah, you know, um, he fell off his horse. There and, he is, uh, got him badass. The the director, I guess, refused to see him. And uh, the tactic that the director had was by not even seeing if he was okay, it would anger Vincent Price and would help the actor uh, portray the character more, you know, uh, enraged. So I guess he, he made Vincent Price actually mad so he can be more mad as the character himself, which is... This butthole? Yeah. I mean, director... No, not hell, not the, the director of the film. That makes sense. It's basically like... Fuck this guy's definitely aggravating him. Oh, yeah. But he's actually pissed from 
falling off the horse and the director not coming to check on him. He just totally bailed on him so that he could be more pissed off, which maybe he didn't actually care. I know that he was pretty pissed off that Vincent Price got the role instead of Donald Pleasance, so maybe there was some underlying thing there where he was like, yeah, fuck him, he fell off his horse, whatever. I'll just tell him it was a directorial thing that I didn't want to check on him. But in reality, I'm just a fucking butt. But I guess it was the AIP that uh, wanted Vincent Price to play the role. And uh, thank fuck for him. And should. I mean, look. I mean, look, not that Donald Pleasant has done a is, great job. He's great, but he would have been horrible at this. He's not He's not a maniacal butt. He's the Prince of Darkness. Well, no. Alice Cooper's the Prince of Darkness, but he's. Well. He's in the Prince of Darkness. But no, he's. To me, Donald Pleasant. He's Dr. Loomis. Well, he's Dr. Loomis, but I'll tell you another one he is. He's fucking Blofeld. Yeah. You only live twice, kids. Watch you some Sean Connery Bond and smoke you a big old blunt, but... I don't know. You know, I love Donald Pleasance, but I cannot see him playing this role. Because to me, there's no contest. Like, if... if as much as I like Donald Pleasance, he's not Vincent Price. Right. Vincent Price has a... Donald Pleasance is an amazing actor, and he's a great character actor. But Vincent Price has a presence to him. Yeah. Especially in He's the striking. And you don't fuck with him. And I just don't think Pleasance could have pulled off this kind of a role. It's the master of the macabre, for sure. Yeah, man. You just don't. There's no touching it. And, it, you know, and you, you, you want to not take my word for it. You know, look up any Stephen King, George Romero, John Carpenter. Anybody's going to tell you Vincent Price. And if they don't, then they don't know anything about horror either. Right. But most of them will. I understand a lot of people are old, you know, older school than this, and they would go as far back as saying, you know, Karloff, which I can understand that, I guess. No, of course, Karloff and the, the, the stuff is great, but the thing the thing you've got to remember about Karloff and any of those other ones, Price was working then, too. Yeah. He's younger, but he was working then. Are you, I mean, I don't, I'm not really sure. We'd actually have to have you look this up. I don't know what year The First House of Wax is, but that's an old fucking horror film. I think it was... 30-something. Exactly 10 years before this. I mean, I thought it was like 58 years before that. No, no. Give me a date on the original House of Wax. It's old as fuck. 30s or 40s. Hmm. 50s? So I was thinking. 40s. 53. 53. That's an old fucking film. Yeah, it is. So he's around when, like, the end of the original Universal Monsters. Either way, it's classic shit. Vincent Price is the shit. You can just tell by looking at him and this. He's so tall and he's striking and, you know, you just don't want to fuck with him. I don't know. That's why, it, when it popped in my head, this I thought this would match up well with Phil because Phil is also striking and you don't really want to fuck with him. He's the master of the metal macabre. I would say. As Vincent Price is the master of just macabre in general. The, I don't know, in this film he just... Bill's the Witchfinder General. I don't that's know. That's right. <laughs> but, I, I mean, you know, it's... The thing about it is there's terror in all these films and it's subtle. It's not something that you you just blink and it's right there. It's It's subtle terror, but it's there. Well, it's also, you know, it's a lot more of a challenge to make horror movies this way and to make it actually scary with suspense and build-up and, uh, you know, actual presence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
just like presence alone than, than making it all about oh something's going to jump out of this door or you know there's something there's some spirit in the house going you know there's just so much more to these movies and uh, so much more character and and then story and you know I mean they're beating the hell out of a priest right now and I'm you know I'm the I'm the gore Christ I, I like just straight up gory films like Italian films that don't make any fucking sense but you know these are just great movies I mean this is my shit this is yeah. my jam right here this is just good stuff and you don't know what's gonna happen in these films and you know they're not really bloody or, or gory this is pretty fucking awesome uh just stabbing us back here and then surprise is just like has he kind of seems like he has no soul in this in this movie which is pretty awesome I mean they're just torturing this guy's a priest they're torturing too yeah and uh you know Vince Surprise's character in the film is like a, a lawyer I guess so it's just kind of weird I mean they're stabbing this guy to death it's kind of kind of raunchy and he's walking around look like fucking Shakespeare <laughs> it's awesome though well no you just can't replicate films like this you know I don't know if they made remakes of this film. Probably not. I mean, this uh, Blu-ray looks amazing. So I've never seen the... Uh, only seen this on television, so I couldn't tell you a comparison to like a DVD or anything oh, like no, that. Oh, it no, looks, it looks way better than the DVD did. The DVD looked like shit. It was a ported like VHS tape. It looked like dog shit. Yeah. This looks like it was on. You know, it's interesting if we have any foreign fans listening I don't even believe these films are and in fact I just checked recently I know they're not obviously Screen Factory doesn't exist in the outside of the United States and Canada but technically out of the United States but um, a lot of these films are not available on Blu-ray period you too may be corrupted by Satan which is it's a very iconic role for this and I don't know it's just it's just different now how they do things and it's a lot of more like just it's easy to cash in on the PG-13 supernatural ghost shit and then you know yeah this movie's not rated this either is, this is just straight up satanic fucking witch hunting it's awesome um you know super anti-religious stuff well it's funny because you know he's supposed to be a witch hunter but he's just basically mad he's just he's just out to take lives he's just torturing people yeah exactly it ought to be called the in the name of God though but I think he's just so corrupt that it's he just likes taking people out I don't know that's his whole fucking thing he likes to fucking you know and, and you see it throughout the film it's fun and she's like flirting with him. She's kind of hot too. And he's yeah. like, she's like, I'm a witch. Why don't you burn my pussy? She. He's like, have you remained innocent, my child? He's like, do you expect me to believe that? It's like an awesome. He's gonna shoot his lawyer load in her later. <laughs> but, but yeah, they. they <laughs> I mean, look, they just said his logger load. No, his lawyer load. <laughs> I think he says logger load. What? <laughs> no, he's not a logger. Maybe no. he is. I don't know. He's like. A, Gonna get some fresh logs when I return. <laughs> but no, his, no, it's lawyer load. Okay, <laughs> but uh, 
But it's, that guy's already dropping a load. But but it's funny <laughs> if you if you look in this film too. Um, I mean, I, I don't know of any other actor in this film, and I've watched a lot of old movies, and it's like it, he's like the only main actor in this film. Yeah, they they dropped their wad getting Vincent Price in this, which is you know it's awesome. <laughs> he's you know he's across the title, he's the man. But he does some funny shit in this movie. About of a solid, you know, selling point now for you know then for a film that it is now, like from the people that brought you Insidious and Paranormal Activity and The Purge. Rob Crombie presents, you know, you know, right. So it's kind of the same thing now, but you know, you get someone like Vincent Price dropped in there, it's an immediate sell for a horror film or Boris Karloff or Mario Baba film or whatever. But now it's all just like one thing. I mean, you know, if, if you want to, if these people that want to be a purist about something, maybe I can relate it to you like this. Um, and even though he's not my favorite James Bond, he is one of my favorites. He's my second favorite. But but we'll just go by the the word of law by most people. Sean, if Sean Connery is to Bond, then Vincent Price is that to horror. Yeah. So. There you go. If you're that much of a purist about James Bond, and my personal favorite for James Bond is Roger Moore because that's what I grew up with. I grew up with Sean Connery as well, but only in reruns. I'm not that old, but um, huge, huge Roger Moore fan. But Vincent Price is, I just think it's essential stuff. If people don't like it, it's fine. You know, If you want to watch Friday the 13th Part 3 over and over and over again, go ahead. I'm not going to. I like that movie, but I don't. it's not a classic film to me. Now, Part 4, whole different story. But, uh, love is a love. Anyway. But, uh, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever shifts your gears, you know. But to me, again, you look up his body of work, I just, I don't think you can ignore him. But whatever. People want to. And nowadays it seems like he's forgotten, but it's a shame. But anyway. Of course, at this time. This is also the first time we've done a Vincent Price movie, so I'm really excited about it. Tonight, I'm, I'm really, I don't know if you can tell, I'm really kind of pumped up, so. Oh, he's already getting... He's pumping her up. And to give... He's and laying, hopefully he'll appreciate it. To give now. Phil a Vincent Price film to me was a huge compliment to him because I'm a huge fan. I don't know if he's a fan or not. I'm a huge fan of Vincent Price, so... I'm assuming he is, but... I hope he is. From, uh, my impression I got from Phil is that he owns pretty much every horror movie that we can think of he's got. Like me. I think he said that, so, yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know all the ones I want. But he's got the... He's got the, the Phil vault with... Whatever you can think of, he's got the library. You got the doctor's vault and then Phil's vault. Two different yeah. vaults. Different stuff in them too, I'm sure, which is good. Everybody likes different shit. Um, I'll take a second uh, because obviously we're not going to do. We, could, we I guess we could do movies of this year, but we're not going to do music from '68. But I'll tell you something. I, I will do is uh, give you some music from 2017. Uh, my favorite album so far this year. It's not the pick of the month it's literally just my pick so far for this year and that's Hour of Penance uh, Cast the First Stone and you can pick that up on Prosthetic Records uh, off Amazon or if you're doing it digitally off iTunes that's what uh, the doctor would refer to as a turd wagon it is it's a very very and I, I love in the that, best way possible I love that in their description they say that they're brutal death metal and that's what I listen to so, it sounds like a freight train derailing. So here's to uh, our playground. Pen- yeah, I mean here's to our penance. Uh, 
what a what a great record. We're actually going to be having them on the podcast Friday. Uh, so not this podcast, but you will be hearing from the. Uh, we're going to have the guitarist, the last remaining original member, and we're going to have also uh, uh, the bassist, um, who I've been in contact with, and real excited to have those guys on. So I'm real excited about it. But anyway, Hour of Penance. Cast the First Stone, my favorite album so far of 2017. There's been a couple other good releases, but that's, you know, obviously it's not my pick of the month. It's straight up my pick of 2017 so far. So uh, we're almost th- almost three months in, and I think it's going to be hard to top. I'm really happy with it. Uh, it's just really fucking good. A brutal death metal, if that's what you're interested in. And, uh, and actually, I want to thank uh, the couple of folks that liked it. I noticed on our page, I shared recently that that was my favorite album so far this year, and they liked it. So cool. And I think I even got a comment there, so thank you for doing that, and thank you for the support, and I'll keep trying to be social, even though I'm not, and Corey is, but <laughs> I try to be social, I try to be active a little bit more, but... I think it's working. Yeah, I hope so. I hope people enjoy it. I'm kind of reclusive, and I apologize for that, but uh, I get a little carried away sometimes, too, and I'm also sorry for that. But interesting things. And apparently I talk too much, so... <laughs> according to this asswipe on YouTube. <laughs> came out in 68. Um... You talk too much. Did I ever tell you that? I do talk. The guy on YouTube, Dolphin, Dolphin Buttfucker, told us we talk too much. So I wanted to get into that in a second. Thanks, Dolphin Buttfucker. Dolphin Buttfucker. Oh. <laughs> Dolphin Star Rider told us that we when he was when he was watching his when he was playing his fucking uh, his new uh, his new uh, Pokemon game. He found out that we weren't we just weren't cool and. How could we get these interviews? So there's your shout out to to Dolphin Star Rider, <laughs> uh, Beard Metal Supreme, you know. Anyway, sixty eight. What do you got? You got some movies for us? Uh, some music. Uh, yeah, he's got music for us. This is going to be really weird because I don't know. Anything. Well, we got we got some Johnny Cash stuff. We got some Elvis. I like Elvis. Which is always good. What Elvis was out in '68? Uh, Speedway, which is an album, uh, movie. He did That's a movie. Well. Yep. Um, but it was like his thirty-something. Like, it was his comeback. Spe- it, was, it was like his thirty-second like album or something that he did. Right. Which is fucking crazy. Um, Waiting for the Sun by the Doors. No, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, Very controversial frontman. Is Jim Morrison. Uh, CCR's first record came out. Uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival. Interesting. Uh, Jens hates them. Wheelchair fucker hates them. It's the debut. It's the debut. He album. does. He fucking hates Creedence. I do too. I don't like him. Well, that's you know put a spell on you. So that's cool uh, for horror fans, I guess. Um, got some Grateful Dead anthem of the sun. Jesus, so, that's not even mentionable. Which I've never even heard. Uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex. Uh, my people were fair and had sky in their hair. <laughs> a lot of hippie shit. Uh, you got Tom Jones, a couple of his records. Waylon Jennings. Tom Jones is cool. Uh, Waylon Jennings. <coughs> Only the Greatest was on there. Uh, Shades of Deep Purple by Deep Purple. Um, let's see if there's any other stuff on here. Give us some movies from 68. How about some TV from 68? That'd be cool, too. TV and movies from 68. Anyway, uh, we got the priest that was uh, stabbed and tortured. He's hanging in a dungeon, and now this woman's being tortured. Uh, I don't know if that's Vincent Price torturing her, though. It doesn't look like him. Nope, it's not. He's on his way, though, because I just said the Witchfinder's coming. 
And if he's coming, you better get look the fuck out. Because you are in deep shit if Vincent's coming looking for you. Oh, he looks so cool there. I want to. If any of y'all ever find out. me on Twitter, I was on Twitter and got locked out of it. And my face is permanently, because I'm locked out of it for good, is the Witchfinder General photo. Uh, and behind me is the uh, woman getting put onto the uh, onto the uh, onto the meat hook from the original uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I think I don't know. I can't find my page and I can't log into it. So fuck Twitter and they wouldn't help me. So I just don't <laughs> have a page now. I don't know if it was Herbert West or what I was using. I'm not really sure. It was. I went back and forth. I was always changing, and I was enjoying it. And then I got locked out of it because of my piece of shit Let's phone. See what we're gonna do, but it's okay. Whatever. It happens. Oh man, there's some fucking good ones. These we'll, movies we'll, we'll or TV do, shows? Well, well, these are movies. We'll do movies first. Uh, I'm gonna list some notables. movies from 1968. I'm gonna list some notables before we get into the horror, just to get you into the the spirit of '68 here. Uh, we got 2001: A Space Odyssey. Wow. 1968. Uh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. That's a pretty popular one. Yep. Um, That's Marilyn Manson's favorite movie. Yeah, Planet of the Apes. Great movie. It's the Charlton Heston one, I guess. It's a great uh, movie. Barbarella, Queen of the Galaxy. Weird. The Jane Fonda thing? Yep. It's you got weird. something I actually just watched, uh, Once Upon a Time in the West. Interesting. Which is a Sergio Leone uh, film who did uh, Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Best Western ever made. Uh, My opinion, whatever. You got Hang Em High, which is another Clint Eastwood. Let's see. All right. I mean, this this was a huge year for horror. I mean, this most of these notables are horror films, so I'm just going to go right oh, yeah. into this. 1968. 1968 for horror films. This is probably the, one of the biggest years for horror, period. Uh, Night of the Living Dead. Wow. 1968. Yeah, 1968. Uh, the Doctor's, In 1968. The Doctor's anyway. favorite Christopher Lee film, The Devil Rides Out. Let me tell you all something real quick. I'm going to stop on that a second. That movie with Charles Gray that played Blofeld in Diamonds Are Forever, um, the Bond picture, which I love. It's my favorite Sean Connery Bond film. I highly recommend it if you've never seen it, buy it. Um, anyway, it, wow. The Devil Rides Out, what a great film. It's an absolute larceny that that goddamn thing does not exist on Blu-ray in America. It does in Europe, but it, it doesn't is, here. It uh, is another public domain film. you got to be kidding me. Didn't we talk about that? The Devil Rides Out is public domain. Yes. Oh, well, coming soon from Phantasm Podcast, our maybe first it's release. Maybe the Satanic Rites of Dracula. That's the Satanic Rites of Dracula. You got me all excited. It's Satanic Rites of Dracula's public domain. I don't know. That one's not. Hammer owns that one. They'd never give that one up. That movie's a shit. Uh, Dracula has risen Christopher from Christopher Lee, God. Anyway, Charles Gray was the shit, too. Charles Gray uh, was the gentleman in the wheelchair, if we have any Rocky Horror fans out there. That's Charles Gray. Charles Gray's the shit. Uh, Astro Zombies. Actually, no, 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 no. Scratch that. Charles Gray is not in the wheelchair. He is the one that is n- the narrator for the entire film. Guy in the wheelchair is somebody totally fucking different. I apologize. Rocky Horror is not. I-, I know Rocky Horror, but I'm more of a meatloaf guy. I don't know. I know he's like a Republican, but whatever. I kind of like him. <laughs> anyway, I grew up with him. Uh, but yeah, Charles Gray was the one that's like, you put your hands on your hip. Anyway, that's Charles Gray. Sorry. So we got Astro Zombies, the John Carradine. Can't do it. Um, <clears throat> Frankenstein's Bloody Terror. Don't know that movie. No idea. Uh, the Green Slime. Don't know that movie. We got the Ghastly Ones, which is also known as 
Blood Rights. Don't know that movie. Um, House of Evil. It's Boris Karloff. I do know that movie. And so that's all the ones I recognize here. Destroy All Monsters. Great movie. I don't know what this is, if you need that or not. It's funny. Oh, and uh, here's another one that you guys would definitely <coughs> know. And that is a little number called Rosemary's Baby. Oh, wow. Awesome. Never could get into that movie. I love that movie. Do you really? Never could get it into that. It came on a lot when I was a kid, so it's one of those <coughs> things where I can always... Here's your fun fact about Rosemary's Maybe, Maybe, baby. <laughs> Rosemary's Maybe. It was made by a pedophile. That guy's a notorious pedophile that made that film. Really? Yep. Can't think of his name, but he's a pedophile. Rosemary's toddler. He's literally hid from authorities in this country for years. He's a pedophile. Roman Polanski. Is a pedophile. (laughs) Look it up. I'm not joking. Pull it up. Let the viewers hear. He's a straight-up pedophile. I'm surprised. Rosemary's pedophile. He did the pianist. Look it up. See if I'm right. Let's see. <clears throat> Let's see if I really am the Witchfinder General. <laughs> <coughs> the Kid Fucker General. <laughs> uh. <coughs> Pedophile General, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's Roman Polanski. He had slept with like a... No. I don't feel like dealing with you right now. <laughs> Damn Satan beast. Yeah, he was fucking like a 14-year-old or something when he was like 50. Yeah, three years after making Chinatown, Polanski was arrested at Jack Nicholson's <clears throat> home for the sexual assault of a 13-year-old, <clears throat> Samantha He's a Gailey, fucking pedophile. Who was modeling for Polanski during a Vogue magazine photo shoot around the pool. He was inducted on six <clears throat> counts of criminal behavior, including rape. At his arraignment, he pleaded not guilty to all charges, many executives... And then fled the country. Defense. And then fled the country at some point. Galley's attorney next arranged a plea bargain in which five of six charges would be dismissed and Polanski accepted. <clears throat> at the time of the incident, Nicholson was out of town making a film, but his steady girlfriend had dropped by unannounced to pick up some items. She heard Polanski in the other room say, we'll be right out. Polanski then came out with Galley and he introduced her, and they chatted about Nicholson's two large dogs <clears throat> sitting nearby. Polanski had packed up his camera gear in Houston, saw them drive away off in his car, and told police the next day after Polanski was arrested that he had she had witnessed nothing untoward and never saw them together in the other room. <clears throat> I don't believe well, that. He looks like a pedophile. So He's a pedophile. Anyway, so if you like Rosemary's pedophile, <laughs> there you go. That's why I've never liked it. I mean, he is. Roman Polanski's a fucking pedophile piece of shit. I have no idea. I'm a film nerd. What are you going to do? <laughs> um, thought I was right. Sometimes I'm not. I forget. I'm a little hazy because my brain, it's kind of weird. But Anyway, Roman Polanski, I'm not a fan. <clears throat> Phil, if you're a fan, I apologize, but he is a pedophile. Um, <laughs> anyway, back to the uh, Witchfinder General. This is a. This is actually in the uh, uh, one of the things I believe you put together for the uh, trailer for this. For this, for their... Trying to get some info out of these guys and find some more witches, so they're pretty much trying to drown them in this. I'd like to do this at some of the metal shows I go to. Uh, It'd be fun. By the way, uh, any European fans we have out there, be sure to catch Mayhem. I did, and it was really cool. They're touring right now, and if you're a black metal fan, any kind of black metal, you should go check out Mayhem, because they started it. But anyway, uh, it's two cents on that. 
an hour of penance, uh, cast first stone. It's really good. But yeah, Vincent Price. I love this. I can watch it all day long. There's that poor priest. He just won't give him a break, will he? <laughs> he stabbed him. Now he's t- straight up tortured his ass. <clears throat> he wants to know where the witches are. And now you're heading to the tree for the hanging. There he is. He's done. They should have kept stabbing his back while he was while he was hanging too. Just like that insulting. You got hung from the tree by Vincent Price. <clears throat> that would have been a fun way to go. At least Vincent Price killed you. You know. Now he's got all that dough. He's ready to go. It's me and wheelchair fucker. He's the other one on the horn. <laughs> it's fucking funny. He's like, do we have to kill them? Yes, you will kill them. Girlie picked up his, like, holding onto a rope behind the horse, and she's in a wheelchair. <clears throat> oh, this is a weird time, you know, 1645. It's very specific. That's a nice timepiece. You know, a lot of timepieces, I'm like, I really want to live in that time, but this is not a time I would live in, so. I mean, it's beautiful. Well, uh, you'd you'd lived maybe lived to be like twenty five years old. I just never fancied looking like a fucking pilgrim. I don't know. <laughs> Except for the way Vincent Price looks is amazing. He, he looks badass, but everyone else just looks like a fucking scarecrow. I don't know. Well, I mean, it's set. That's what the time period I look like. Lego characters. It's very it. specific, though. <laughs> <clears throat> Well, you know, this is real shit, which is kind of cool. You know, the actual characters. Of course, the Vincent Price version of Matthew Hopkins. You should do that as the promo photo for this. Have put Phil in like a pirate outfit. Or not a pirate, <laughs> but, a, but a farmer. <laughs> like pilgrim a, a far, farmer pilgrim. Pilgrim general. I'm sure he'd be thrilled. But no, but no, seriously though, but. I can see what you mean. Yeah. You know, you're just like I don't want to be a pilgrim. Yeah, <clears throat> I don't. I just, have, I just don't want to look like that. I don't know. <laughs> it's cool that the the witch hunting doesn't bother you. It's the looking like a pilgrim. You'd, you'd hang. No, the people. witch hunting's awesome. You would I'm hang. You would hang that. people that look like pilgrims. Yeah, <laughs> I sure would. <clears throat> that would be it for me. So. Be like this guy's very pilgrimy looking. Well, I like that. That shirt you know, really cool. The one thing that I love about this time frame, though, of filming back in the '60s and especially before, you really could make something look older, a lot older than it was. I mean, this is this is like hundreds and hundreds of years old. Yeah. It's scary to think about living back then. I mean, you're not going to walk upstairs and see somebody on an iPad, you know. Yeah. We're spoiled. (laughs) We really are. I mean, medicine? Forget it. All you've got is booze and sex, and that's it. If you've got wealth, I think you just inherited back then, because I don't really think the job market was really that good either. That, in respect... You'd be lucky if you get a cow, you know, an ox or two. You could probably compare that to today. There's a whore from the beginning, I think. She is a whore. I think she actually is. Oh, she's got a witch thing above her head. Well, she's been uh, fruiting the lawyer, you know, the, the witch finder, so. I don't... What? Yeah, they totally, like, boned earlier. Vincent did? Yeah. That's amazing. He, she just, like, took... She, you saw her kind of 
take her dress off and then skip to the next scene. So. Oh, cool. He's already fed her his soft meat. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's already laid the he law fed, down. He fed her his classic horror meat. <laughs> he laid the law down. He took, she took his essential Kong. He was told he was judging her. I want to ask you this because I, you know, it's it's in the realm of horror. It's not horror. It's more science fiction. But I'm really excited about that King Kong movie. Really? Yes. I mean, it's something different. It's the guys, all the, other the guys, the guys that did it are the guys. It's not the director. It's not the guy that did Rogue One, but it's his team that did Jack Godzilla or whatever. His team is the who did it, and I actually think it looks cool. It's set in the '70s, and uh, it just looks cool. It looks like I mean, I mean if, look, we're if he's actually in it, I mean, because I mean, and everybody's making fun of it. It's like how much worse could it be? The Peter Jackson King Kong movie was a fucking turd. I mean, look, we saw Mark Wahlberg in a fucking uh, Planet of the Apes movie, so I mean, we can have King Kong with whoever in it. I mean, though the reason they're introducing him, they're hoping that it's enough of a success where they can put King Kong in a Godzilla film. Oh yeah, it'd be great. Um, I just think. I like monster movies, man. To at me, it's a point, it's an anomaly that it's being made. At this point in, in, in cinema no right in now, do you? No, no. At this point in cinema, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. At this point in cinema, we need a good monster film. We need more good horror movies. I mean, we're relying on Scream Factory. Give it a chance, guys. It may suck. I haven't seen it. I'm not saying I've seen it and it's great. But I am going to go see it. I'm right. going to go see it first round. I'm going right to go pay to see we're it. Relying, if it tanks, it tanks. We have to rely on the super indie market and be really informed to find out um, when anything decent is coming along because a lot of the films that are good for horror now are back overseas. Yeah. And and we're not getting it overdubbed here. We have to subtitle that fucking shit. So a lot of the you know the indie stuff is surging right now, slowly but surely, and the, the foreign market is, is coming back with a vengeance and the U.S. market has just turned into such a fucking shit sandwich that, you know, it's very just... I don't even go to the theater anymore to see anything. I go to the theater all the time. Of course, I watch a lot of bad movies, but... Right. I don't know. I enjoy going to the theater, but I actually think that movie looks cool. A lot of people... I want to go see it. You know, I like monster movies, and I like uh, King Kong. I didn't like that last movie. No, the Peter Jackson movie is a fucking four-hour terror. But this one just looks like a zombie. You know, a zombie. It looks like a, a monster... John Goodman's in it. I love John Goodman. Uh, It just looks really good. John Goodman's in it. There's There's a lot of different uh, monsters in it, which I like. So, it's something I'm willing to give a shot, you know, give a try. I'm not doubting it. I don't know, some angles she looks okay, and then some angles she just looks fucking gross. I don't know. Well, I mean, apparently she's, she's apparently the town whore. I'm not really sure... I think she's attractive. I don't know. Well, she's a witch. She's like, I'm doing it for fighting. Uh, I think I've seen her. I've seen I've him seen in her. something. You should look him up. He sees him and her. Whoever Richard is. <laughs> I'm serious. This guy has been in something else I've seen. And if he hasn't, then I'm just completely crazy. But But yeah, I mean, I don't know. There, there, you know, there's very few things that I'm interested in that are coming out. Like, there's a lot of stuff that people just expect me to be interested in, which I'm not. And uh, you know, I don't know. There's just so much different stuff that comes out. Like, there's what was that? Everybody keeps trying to get me to go see that Split movie. I don't like anything M. Not Shyamalan has done ever. Not either. I see dead people. No thanks. <laughs> I see going to sleepy. 
<laughs> it's like I'm just not interested in your your fucking stupid. Everybody's like Split's really good. It's like no thanks. I don't want to watch a guy that has fucking mental problems. That's like I don't. See, need I don't know if that's the same. I don't know if that's the same guy. Is it Robert Russell maybe? Or uh, you know, Richard is his name in this. I don't know. Is it? It's, she just called him Richard. Mm-hmm. The guy riding the horse. Oh, Ian uh, Ogilvy. Let's see what he has done. Death Becomes Her. The 80s movie? Yeah. Weird. Let's see. He was very young in this film. He's born in 43, so... Is he still alive? Yep. Awesome. It was pretty cool. He's fruiting that witch. Let's see. That's what kept him alive. That's right. Your uh, satanic cunt. <laughs> <laughs> Nodded in that satanic cooch and yeah. like some real notable ones here. I'm sure they're on here. It went in his urethra. A lot of TV. Now stuff. he had satanic cooter juice inside his urethra. He was on an episode of BL Striker. That's how he. St- I love BL Striker. I love Burt Reynolds. Let's see. Death becomes her. Anyway, he got some of her satanic goo from her cooch. He was in Puppet Master 5. That's a weird one. In his urethra. And now he's fucking a noblesman that hunts witches. Uh, did a lot of TV stuff. Not really too much other stuff. What is all the TV stuff he did? So he did Babylon 5. He did, Love Babylon 5. Um, Even though it's a ripoff of Deep Space Nine. He did Jag. Jag is a good show. Did The Real Adventures of Johnny Quest, which is an awesome cartoon. Weird. The voiceover for that. Did The Faculty TV show. Uh, Murder, She Wrote. Did a bunch of episodes of that. That's where I've seen him. It's Wade Foster. He's a bunch of characters on there. Was he ever in MacGyver? Well, he's in an episode of Walker, Texas Ranger. Weird. P.S. I love you. So yeah, he's uh, you know there was a Robin Hood TV series, but he was on that. Weird. Was he Robin Hood? No, he was uh, Lord Edgar. Interesting. I knew I had seen him before. Yeah, so he's a. I mean, to be honest, a lot of times I would put this in, I'd already be blacked out by now because usually I put these in and relax, like I'm a little kid, you know. I like to watch older films when I'm when I get relaxed and go to sleep. Speaking of which, we have any. This is just kind of off subject, but it is an old film. Um, my favorite Richard Pryor, uh, Gene Hackman film is on Netflix right now. It's Silver Streak. That film's awesome. It That's is that your favorite. One? It's my favorite movie with the two of them together. It's also my favorite movie with both of them in a period. The only other movie that I love Richard Pryor and Superman three. Everybody likes Stir Crazy. I'll give me Silver Streak any day over Stir Crazy. I mean Gene Wilder. I love Gene Wilder. I said Gene Hackman. Sorry, I meant Gene Wilder. <laughs> I was like, that's your, that's <laughs> okay, we're we're recording this at like two a.m., so I'm a little out of it, kids. Anyway, Gene Wilder <laughs> and Richard Pryor. Excuse me. Uh, so yeah, of course. The funny thing is, Gene Hackman was in Young Frankenstein with Gene Wilder, which is weird. It is weird, but it's funny. But no, I apologize. And so Gene Wilder Superman. and Richard Pryor. He was in Superman. Yes, he was, so there was a Superman combo. 
play. I can see where you got confused right there. Well, no, I was actually thinking of The Firm, which has neither of them in it except Gene Hackman <laughs> and Tom Cruise. Because I just watched it recently. Anyway, I'm not making any sense. This is an unforgiven. It's 2 something in the morning. I'm not making sense. Doesn't matter. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor, Silver Streak, is on Netflix now. It's my favorite. You guys give a shit. It's a good movie. It's not a horror movie. It's just a good movie. It is kind of a murder suspense, though. Yeah, it's got the vibe in there. I'm impressed you've watched that. I love that fucking movie. One of those films that's always on TV, so I watch it. It's just it. good, man. It's funny, too. It's one of those things. I watch so much fucking TV. And you know who else is in that? Can you name the other person that's famous that's in that? In Silver Streak? Besides Scatman Crothers from The Shining. From <laughs> The Shining. Uh, I have no idea. I'm going to give you a hint. You ready? James Bond. It's a James Bond? No. He's in James Bond. Correct. He's a Bond villain. Not the famous. Uh, Richard Keel? He is in it. Really? Yes. It's he's amazing. The, he's the henchman. Oh, Jaws. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. And he's also in Happy Gilmore. And actually, here's you a fun fact about that. It's fucking awesome. He did... Uh, actually, he was in that before he was in the Bond films. Which is weird. Because Silver Streak's 76. And uh, Moonraker's like 79. And uh, Spy Who Loved Me is 77. So that's the first film with him in it. So it was the year before he did that. Hmm. So he was filming the year Silver Streak was in the theater. He was over at Pinewood Studios in England filming Spy Who Loved Me. The first film with him in it. Awesome. Although to me, the the primo Jaws picture is, is Moonraker. But whatever. A lot of people don't like that movie. Of course, a lot of people don't like Roger Moore. I love Roger Moore. I love George Lazenby. That movie... It's a good movie. I have to be in a mood to watch it. It is a good movie. On His Majesty's Secret But he is not even close to being in the realm of my Bond stuff. In comparison, of course not. But... It's fine that you like that. I know a lot of people that just love that film. My friend Steve really loves that film. Wheelchair fucker likes that film. As a movie, I just like it. A lot of people do. It's a long film. It's like a two and a half hour film. It's It's longer than a lot of the other Bond films. It's more of a surprise than anything. Well, I mean, his wife does, and it's a huge story plot. You know, George Lazenby was in... Here's a fun story. Uh, The year before you worked it, he was here at, like, the very first fanboy. I remember that, yeah. And I went and met him. And he was very nice. And it was really cheap. $20 to meet a Bond. I don't know. And he's still a Bond. He was a Bond. I mean, he's only one film, but he was a Bond. And that's like a cult Bond film, you know. It is. It's not a... and it, but So it was kind of cool. Now, to be perfectly honest with you, was it like meeting Roger Moore or Sean Connery, who I've never met? No. But... If I'd met either one of them, I'd shit a Miata. Because both of them, to me, are just royalty... Like it's it's one thing to actually say they're royalty, but to me they're straight up royalty. Like they're like royalty with a T. Can you? Uh, I'm sorry, I'm just a little cold. I'm tired of wearing that fucking hoodie. Um. Anyway, yeah, kind of cool. But uh, yeah, look, if you like old Bond films, you can watch these old Vincent Price films. I mean, why not? But there are people, and I understand it, and we'll just go ahead and call them what they are, millennials. There are some of those folks, and you listen to us, and we appreciate it. Uh, You know, break the mold. You guys shouldn't just watch, you know, Yu-Gi-Oh! and fucking whatever, you know, Power Rangers (laughs) or whatever. Yeah, watch 
Watch some Vincent Price stuff, man. Watch some old Bond films. Watch some Universal. Because I, I will, gar- I will guarantee you this: you will enjoy the older Bond films way more than you do the stuff they do now. And yes, more than Daniel Craig. Yeah, that stuff just doesn't even. It's, it's not even a testament to the old shit. It's kind of just. I mean, the last film I thought was, but the other three well, aren't. Kind of. I hated. I hated fucking Skyfall. That movie's fucking terrible. It's a Goldeneye remake. Well, it's just boring. I don't know. It and is every, fucking boring. People, you know, I, mean, I don't even own I get, that thing. That's I, the only Bond film I don't I mean, own. I get, I get the argument from people all the time where they're, you know, where they're like, uh, the old Bond films are really boring. I was like, really? Because if you actually watch them, because they're awesome, <laughs> they're really awesome. They're really awesome British movies in general, but just like action movies in sixty seven, you know, they're they're great fucking timepieces, and they're just they're relaxing. I me. think. People, How can you not enjoy a film? If I may. I think they have a How reputation. How can you not enjoy a film where you're fucking and killing? And getting and drunk. Drinking. Yeah. I mean, it's, all, it's every man's pleasure. It's a man's escape is all it is. Yeah. And he beats women, too, if you're into that. Then well, Connery did. Him. Roger didn't. Yeah. Uh, which Connery know, actually did. It's actually kind of funny. I don't agree with, but, you know, it's a It's, it's actually movie. kind of funny. <laughs> some of the them. The way he does it. Because in, in the funniest one, probably, for me, is in fucking uh, Diamonds Are Forever, the beginning. The backhand bitch slap. No. He takes this woman's fucking bikini top off and chokes her with it. Yeah, it's fucking wrong. Well, you gotta think him as Bond. He can't trust anybody, so he's always. No, no, I get it. You have to take it from that. You know, you have to take it from that standpoint. I've never. Someone's always it. trying to kill him. I'm sure somebody's probably tried to edit that out. But sorry, ain't gonna happen. He's got to be on his toes, you know. So, you know, it's one of those things where he's doesn't know who's gonna kill him next, so he's always gonna. Slap a hoe, you know what I mean. So, one of the things I bought the other day when we were at uh, when we were out of town or whatever, they had that original, which I have, but they had that original Bond set, yeah. right? But I've already got. They had a sealed one for fifty bucks, and I thought it was DVD, but it was Blu-ray. Wow! Because I asked them to look at it behind the counter, and that's why I was out of there so quick. I was like, well, I'll just spend it all on that. <laughs> But, um, I didn't need that, so I've got. That's how much I love Bond movies. I will buy them over. I've got steel books. I've got fucking. Oh yeah, because I enjoy but them. But the new ones are just those are actually boring because there's just no substance to it. It's just like well, Daniel Craig's not the greatest actor. I don't think either. Just not enthralled in it. Like I don't that. really like Brosnan that much either. No, I mean I like Goldeneye. And, and, I like Timothy um, Dalton. Yeah, Timothy Dalton was good too. T Dalton. Um, I don't know. I just. When you watch the new ones, go watch one of the old ones after you watch a new Roger one. Roger Moore or Sean me, Connery. And tell me what you think of it. You know, watch Goldfinger or... And look, it's not horror, but it's, again, it's, it's just good filmmaking. It's fucking it's great action films. They're good escapism, too. So go... Like this. I mean, you've got this guy. He's about to smoke that... I think he's about to smoke wheelchair fucker. Yeah. <laughs> I think he did. Or he shot to, at him. Trying to find him a... He's trying to find me. Uh, a helpless. He's like, help me, Vincent West. Help me. <laughs> but yeah, go watch. Skyfall. He took my cell phone. Anyway, watch Skyfall and then go watch. Um, He's like, you dick licker. Diamonds are forever. Or yeah, that's definitely wheelchair fucker. Uh, He's just stabbing or Moonraker or one of those. They love stabbing people in the back in this film. <laughs> they do. Got another head count there. Someone else is dead. There's a lot of deaths in this film. And all of them are just kind of amongst each other, not killing witches. Um, he's like, fuck you, bitch. 
That's the same thing with these. You can't tell me you go watch Paranormal Activity and then you watch this and you think this is boring. I know, I don't understand it either. But you know what, it's, you have to have... Because there's I, no substance. And I'll just say this, you have to have an interest in film. I don't care if it's horror, science fiction, action movies, drama, fucking musicals, whatever. You have to have some kind of interest in film to enjoy film. If yeah. you don't, then you're just like, I like Ben Diesel. You seen that trailer for that new Fast and Furious 20? Looks <laughs> fucking good. I cannot believe they've made another one of those goddamn movies. Oh, I can, because it just it makes money. It, you know what? That, that just tells me right there, and excuse me for saying this, but you are the dumbest fucking human beings in the world you go spend money to see that shit. Because there's people that like film, and there's people that just like... I won't buy time. There's some people that just like movie theaters, where they just go... See everything, like without even knowing what's in it. They're like, isn't they? They go sit down to like the Great Wall and they pay money to go see this crap. And they're like, isn't this? I'm actually money? getting drugged to that this weekend. Oh, I'm so sorry. Well, well, uh, this week actually, because because you know Taro wants. We to We want to thank Doctor Vincent West for being on the podcast. It was a great <laughs> addition. And, uh, I know he won't make it through this journey, so we want to thank him for all his contributions. He's dry. I'm telling you, he's dragging. He takes me. We go see. You know. But we also watched John Wick, so, you know, he likes different stuff. You might want to go watch that after you see that Great Wall piece of shit. It looks terrible. It's like... But he goes... he go, Look, he, he will go watch stuff with me, look, and we Matt go Damon watch stuff. Matt Damon was born in, in, in uh, Kawasaki, Japan. And, you know, so... Do you, do you know what... Can we talk about... Let's birth, talk about that film this is a second. Because right it looks fucking terrible. Birth. But do you, do you know what looks worse than that? Have you seen the one with the guy from Fook... Sons of Anarchy was King Arthur. Oh, God. I'd rather... I don't and know. that turd was supposed to come out... <laughs> See, now they're bringing back out... All no, listen, that turd things. was supposed to come out <laughs> in January. They've moved to this where it's going to be a summer hit. It's like, yeah, good luck going up against anything Disney's putting out this summer. Because it's <laughs> fucking suicide. Yeah, as long as they don't put it out in December, you know, because nothing's going to touch that. Nothing. What's that? The new Star Wars comes out in December. So that's doesn't even matter what. Isn't Star that a J.J. Abrams movie? No, he's not even. He just did the first one. Who the hell's doing this new one? Rian Johnson. Who the fuck is that? No idea. What have they done? Um, uh, nothing good. I'm sure. Are you no. dragging me to this? Am I being? Dr- We're gonna find out right now. Am I being dragged to this? Yeah, you're being dragged. Look, if you can see the fucking Great Wall, you can see the Star Wars. I'll movie. watch it with you. I didn't say I was just asking a question. <laughs> I'm not mad. I'm not fighting with you. I was just asking a question. But anyway, for The Great Wall. Um, oh, he did that Looper movie. Who? Rian Johnson. See, I like that Oh, movie, that movie, the Bruce Willis thing, it's a weird movie. She's trying to tear up something mechanical. I don't know what that is. It's fine. But anyway, um, sorry we have a beast of Satan here with us tonight while we're trying to record. If you hear it in there, hopefully Corey's going to edit it out. Anyway, Vincent's chilling. I don't know what he's doing. He's going to go kill somebody or something. I'm not really sure what he's doing. But, what I was uh, trying to get at was, you know, they have like things like the Great Wall that come out. Oh, it looks horrible. Horrible. It's just like there's... People just go see that and they sit down in the theater after they paid for the ticket. They're like, isn't Matt Damon in this movie? Oh, I don't do that. That's no. what I mean. You're, you're a moviegoer, but I you're know. also... I'm not, I'm not either. You're the doctor. You like films. I do like, like watching You movies. like cinema. You I like sitting in the theater. It's fun. 
The doctor spends almost more time in the theater than he does in the morgue, so. I really do. I like going to the theater. It's dumb, but I do. But he goes and sees everything. He likes to keep his options open. He's, I do watch a lot of He's stuff. not going to see the Great Wall because he wants to. He's just going. But that's what he does. But what I'm talking about are these moviegoers that just, they're walking down the street. They, they see a theater. So they're like, you want to go see a movie? And they're like, yeah. And they're like, let's see the Great Wall. I don't know what that is. And then they sit down and they're like, isn't Matt Damon in this? Like, people just pay for movies. And they have You're right. Movies. And they spend a lot of money on it's it. It's these... Way to buy a big old buttery popcorn. These middle-aged fucking couples that want to go on a hot date. And they're like, let's go see Fast 7. 17. That looks... This is supposed to be what the kids are watching. Let's feel young. And they go watch that fucking <laughs> piece of dog shit and pay money. I know. 12 bucks to see that. It's people like that that see those. And also... Monster, Monster Energy milk drinkers. Yeah, I can't. I can't do the Fast and Furious stuff. I won't watch that on a bet. Like I just can't do <laughs> it. I mean, I'd rather, I'd rather blow, fucking take his, take his little, his Asian outfit down and blow, fucking, uh, Matt naming <laughs> and and take down his have, great wall. Well, no, just take down his great load <laughs> before I'm gonna watch. Fast and Furious movies. I mean, how how many of those can they make? We're driving around cars stealing stuff. They they went as far as CGIing Paul Walker in it. To, to that has to look horrible. It's got to be pretty bad. I don't know to even keep him in the film just to sell tickets. That's pretty sad. Speaking of horrible films, I want to thank uh, my uh, wife for this. I had to sit through the Triple X Turd. You had film. me cracking up because you were like... It, it was one of the worst. It's just, it's not bad in the respect that it's, it's, uh... I, this is this is the way I know how to explain it. I'm going to explain this really quick and really simple. You told me that it was a piece of dog shit. Well, let me, let me explain this. I enjoyed the first Triple X film. I thought it was entertaining. I never saw the one with Ice Cube in it. And the third film... Third li- one's called The Return of Limp Biscuit. <laughs> Well, here's 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 how bad it is. They CGI his face while he's doing stunts in it, instead of just having a lookalike stuntman. It's so ghetto. I don't know why it just doesn't say an Amazon film original or a Netflix <laughs> a Hulu, original. A Hulu original. It's because it's what it looks like. <laughs> I'm curious if our if our listeners enjoy this Netflix original stuff because I'm gonna let you I'm gonna let you guys in on my personal opinion. I don't think Netflix has put out one good thing. I like watching their content, but I don't like watching anything that's original from them. That Daredevil show's a turd. Uh, <laughs> that fucking spooky butthole, I'm not watching that. <laughs> Whatever it's called, spooky a- anus. Those 10-year-olds in it, I'm not watching it. I just don't want to see it. There's too many people who have ruined it for me. When maybe it's like 30 years old and I'm on my deathbed, I may check it out. But I get real weird about that when everybody's just like, you haven't seen Stranger Things. <laughs> Did you want to come down to Panera with me and we'll go to my house and watch Stranger Things? <laughs> I just don't want... Whatever. I'm not watching it. I just don't want to fucking see it. Uh. Did, you should really check out Stranger Things. <laughs> did you want to go... Did you want to go see Fast and Furious 13? No, I don't. Maybe maybe afterward we can go see Spooky Anus. I just don't understand it. But whatever. That's fine. Everybody likes different stuff. But I just can't fucking deal with their original programming. I think it's fucking garbage, but... And I'm tired of them taking stuff down that I actually like, like Colcheck the Night Stalker, which, by the way, is a great show. It is good. They, they, they take that off and then make me 
We need to put up season three of Stranger Things. <laughs> it's really good. Winona Ryder dug up her career to do this. <laughs> it's like, wow, her only fucking career choice was she stopped fucking Johnny Depp. Real smart. <laughs> anyway, you know, I just don't get it. I've never understood it. I don't. I, I haven't watched it. Maybe it's a great show. I just, I, I get tired of everybody telling me to watch something when I want to walk up to them and go, "Have you seen Deep Space Nine? It's really good." <laughs> Have you seen Star Trek Deep Space Nine? It's old, but it's really good. Have you seen Witchfinder General? It's really good. Yeah, I mean, I just, you know, everybody likes different stuff, but it's like, it's it's hard to sell me on that stuff. But, you know. Like, like here's you something weird that I've been watching lately. I've been recording it and watching it when it comes on. Saturday Night Live is actually pretty funny. Is it? The new one? I think it is. I don't know. Some They just kind of lost me after a while. Because I grew up with it, you know, in the 90s. I, so I've recorded... Well, let me tell you the ones I just watched. Last night, they replayed the Dave Chappelle one, which is funny as shit. That one's awesome. Uh, but let me tell you the I one that was nowadays on, it la- on last week. Last week was the one that had Alec Baldwin host it, and it was funny. He's sh- always funny. Oh, it was funny. See, the hosts are what get me. If the host sucks, like, you know... Atlantic City took a giant crap. Yeah, the, the crowd can't save... Yeah, the crowd. The cast can't save it if the host is just not good. But if it's somebody like Alec Baldwin or Dave Chappelle, it's funny as shit, usually. Um, you know, when they work around the sketches with the ho- whoever the host is. And Alec Baldwin's been on there like a million times. Of course, this is brutal as fuck right here. They were just beating her with sticks. Um, they're about to hang her. They're about to put her on this whole little rig right here. Yes, this guy got caught fucking around I don't know what he did Ben's a prostate messing around he's like yeah I threw a load into her too she's a witch killer <laughs> he just doesn't want it's it's his he it's his, want kids. It's, yeah it's his way of abortion he just has the woman killed yeah and then your fetus will die that's a good idea that's pretty brutal it's like yeah I'm done with you I'm, I'm not gonna be labeled a serial killer of the town though I'm just gonna have my fucking government kill you instead Jaws. Um, yeah, this is brutal. It is, and I mean, this movie's not rated. If you guys are curious, I, there's no rating on this film. It's interesting. I don't think I've ever seen a rating on this film. I would like imagine not, it would be R. It's an older movie. It's not a gore uh, fest. It's not fucking bloody, and it's you know, there's not. A it's lot pretty of, crude there's though. Not boobs in it, but for its time and for what it is, this is fucking dark. I mean, this is a morbid ass film. And it's a true story. And it's funny because famously at the end of this film, it, there's a little disclaimer and it says all the characters in this are, uh, in this film are fictitious characters and any depiction or relation to real people are completely coincidental. Which, I mean, this is based on true events that happened. So it's just kind of funny. You know, this scene in. specifically, I mean, I, I mean... It's getting closer and closer to the fire. You can, like, feel the... Oh, oh man. <laughs> goddamn brutal. Uh, you know, they just, I mean, they're just lowering her further and further. And I mean, she can't even move because she's just... Your word, choice of words, she's a briquette. So. She is a briquette. I mean, that's it. She's. They're lowering her straight up into the stick pile, the flames, too. <laughs> and he's smiling. I'm loving it. There's wheelchair fucker. <laughs> that son of a bitch. He's trying to turn on me. This is bowl cut. He was like, maybe what the doctor's doing is wrong. And you're like, shut up, wheelchair fucker. You know what you should have done for the photo? You should have 
you actually should still do this. You should take Phil's face and stick it in the Vincent Price wig. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> funny. Oh, man. <laughs> he would appreciate that. Maybe we could... I don't know. We can get him the, the Witchfinder wig. Next time I see him, if he ever listens to this, Phil... <laughs> We're going to get you the Vincent Price uh, Matthew Hopkins wig. And if you wear it for a photo with the pilgrim hat, it'll be awesome. Yeah. we got Captain Hook, and he's not happy about his, his girlfriend, uh, Tiger Lily burning. So. <laughs> now here's Wheelchair Fucker. He's stating his case. Is that Wheelchair Fucker? It is Wheelchair Fucker. I didn't think that was him. Pretty sure he's had like a fire. bath there. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, something about Vincent Price's eyes, even. He's just a very haunting character. He is. He's fucking awesome. There's not many people where their presence is, is intimidating and scary and memorable. You just don't get that now. Now it's all about CGI effects. And, it is, and that's uh, a, that's something else I wanted to say. I mean, these, about, these movies are literally... Dry, the actors drive the film. Yeah, it's not about uh, ghost children. There's not an explosion that pulls these people out the fucking side of the window and... Ghost demon children from. I love know. he's walking around with that fucking gun too. See ya. Oh yeah, he's walking around with it. He's fucking speaking with it too. He just took out a farmer or a pilgrim. A royalist him. sympathizer, as he says, or in our terms nowadays, is faggot. But right. <laughs> not you know, not not in a uh, uh, disrespectful sense, but you know. <coughs> Doesn't mean happy where we come from. It means uh, royalist. I don't even remember what they called them. Just My castle. This fucking beautiful. I don't know if it's fake or not, but it looks cool. Oh, it's got to be real. This is near the end. This is the, the Orford Castle. I think is where this is. Of course, her rack is very nice. <clears throat> I think she's hot. I don't know. A couple scenes she. I guess it's just her face. She's like... No, I mean, I'm not saying she's a fucking beauty queen. She just looks like a whore. I could throw one in. Yeah. That's what the witch finder thought, too. Exactly, and he did. I had never noticed that. I thought that was fun that you pointed that out tonight. Yeah, he pointed it out and in. <laughs> he probably did it in real life, too. He was like, it was nice working with you. Come to my trailer. Between 3 and 3.30. And then, uh, and he's fucked. He's got blood coming out of his nose and everything, just from a gunshot. Oh, I, th- I thought that blood looked kind of cool, like that, where it's like really bright, like pink. It does. Color. It's crazy looking. Now the blood's really dark colored in a lot of movies and shit. I don't know. Kind of think the bright in this. I mean, it's acting, you know, and I I like it because I don't want everything to look real and feel real and all this other crap. Yeah, there you go. She's already getting tied up. He's going to put his hot poker in her. (laughs) Wheelchair fucker's going to stab her. Oh. They're stabbing the fuck out of people in this movie. In the back, too. It's It's raunchy. It's like a goddamn prison yard in this film. Yep. Oh. The wheelchair fucker's the one stabbing her. <laughs> it's wheelchair. Ladies, y'all can find him on uh, on Whisper under Wheelchair Fucker. 
<laughs> you can also find them in the yellow pages. I'm a wheelchair fucker. If you ever need a late night assistance. God, that's fucking brutal. Very effective. You don't need special effects or. I He's mean, got a scion with a wheelchair rack on the back. <laughs> Whatever it was I was saying. With a wheelchair rack on the back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or was it wheelchair mount? Wheelchair mount on the back. It was yeah. something silly. I don't know what wheelchair it was. Wheelchair mount on the back. I needed to eat. We hadn't eaten like all fucking day. There you go. There's a nice upshot there. Good job, director. Keep going. It's nice when the director's looking out for the male audience. Because it goes with horror. You want to see beautiful broads uh, in the wrong place at the wrong time. And oh, semi-revealing yeah. clothes. You know? And then you just want to see Vincent Price tag him with crosses. Because that's always nice, too. We can only take it with Satan. Something to spare your agony. How much we got left on this thing? That's close to the end. I'll put some audio on for you guys. You can hear some of this great dialogue. I shall kill you. Oh, you have no proper authorization then. What do you mean? From the magistrate. Authorization. Not for your witness, no. Well, we'll go back and get one then. All right. Then I'll let you pass. Go and see what is the matter. What do we do, Matthew? We shall carry on with God's work as before, man. And fetch Captain Marshall over here. He shall kneel before his wife and watch her suffering. But Matthew, look at it, man. That's cool. A very haunting voice, too. Vincent Price even said that this was his best performance. Really? Of his career, yeah. He did? Mm-hmm. Not his favorite, but I guess he considers it his best. Oh, man. Jesus. Damn. Well, we got straight-up axe murder, folks. You guys don't think... The old school shit is awesome. This is pretty fucking awesome. Jeez. It's killing one of my heroes. Jeez, and they fucking shot him. In the face. Give him another round. Give him one, too. Oh, they're going to. No? I thought he was going to run after him. Yeah, but this scene is filmed in an actual castle, which is awesome. All the other interior shots, like we said before, was filmed in uh, aircraft hangars. It's interesting. It's a beautiful castle. That's it, kids. What a way to end a film. So, there you have it. Witchfinder General, a.k.a. Conqueror Worm. 
If you guys are bored of that, then I don't know. I don't have any hope for you because I, th- I think this film is fucking awesome. And it's actually really, really bloody and it's very uh, morbid. And the, the vibe of it is... I don't know. It's, it has a very good flow to it. It's not, you know, drawn out by dialogue or anything like that like you would expect. Um, it's it's just a great movie. It's why I love it so much. It's just got a good vibe to it and it's, it's very dark and... Uh, it's it's just a good movie. It is a good movie. I like it. I've always liked it. I just think it's good. I mean, it's anything of Vincent Price in it I like. I always like it. It's not my favorite film, but I do like it. I'm glad we watched it. I think it's fucking cool. Oh, okay, so it is British. Interesting. The International. It's a strange film company. I'm familiar with that. But. Yeah, and this stuff looks good. And if you want to spend a thousand bucks on it, you can have it too. Filmed entirely on location, the Ministry of Defense headquarters staff stand for practical training area, the Suffolk and Cambridgeshire Regiment, Lavenham Parish Council. I bet this stuff probably doesn't even exist anymore. It's probably got a goddamn business on it or a water park or something stupid. Walmart. Yeah. Unfortunately, or McDonald's. Oh, and the old countryside of Suffolk in England. I'd love to go there. I'd love to do a Horace Hall of Grounds with Sean there. It'd be fucking awesome. Oh, wow, you got the outro with Vincent. But when people are dissatisfied with their public officials, said officials often get the axe. Not surprisingly, reviewers were somewhat critical of the film's graphic violence, though I dare say that level of violence has been surpassed many times since. However, such reviews only serve to enrich the box office receipts. Don't you find that odd? No, you wouldn't. Oh, yes, yes, my revelation. I pronounced this tale truth, and it was. The exception being one interesting footnote in our sordid history that was tonight misrepresented. You may all have felt justly avenged when Hopkins was savagely hacked to death in the finale. Theater audiences were said to have cheered out loud. But kind ladies and gentle sirs, this was a falsehood presented for your entertainment. For the real Matthew Hopkins, this greedy purveyor of agonizing death, lived in ripe old age and died quietly and peacefully upon his own bed. So much for justice. Hmm? Next week's film is a chilling blend of horror, science fiction, science fact, and espionage. I urge you to be present for Scream and Scream Again. As dear old Matthew might say, there are ways of Ensuring your cooperation. They're about to put that out, I think, aren't they? Fucking awesome. 82 Iowa Public Television. But yeah, they got in trouble for all that anyway. That's what I meant. But um, I'm going to that out. Yeah. It's a price. Good stuff. And uh, you got to love it. Anyway, I think it's a great film. It's unfortunate it doesn't exist on Blu-ray. It'd be cool if it did, but, you know. Yeah, I mean, you just got to pay a million dollars for it if you want it. But um, there's other ways around it, you know. You guys can do your download thing, or if you have the DVD of it, then get the DVD. There's probably a Blu-ray rip of it out there somewhere else. Yeah, as long as you guys can watch this film and appreciate it and um, keep it around. Uh, It's definitely worth having in any format. So, 
definitely get on that. Uh, if you want the Vincent Price Volume 1 collection from Screen Factory, you'll just have to empty your wallet and maybe a couple of your bank accounts. But It's pretty expensive. It's, yeah. you know, I've not seen it. 250 300 bucks is about as low as you'll yep. get. Yep, it's expensive. And that's, like we said, it was cut short during its uh, very small run that it had already, and it uh, that's just where it's at. So uh, pick it up any way you possibly can. Just watch it. If you want to go back and watch this episode with us, you're more than welcome to. Uh, we'd appreciate that. Um, follow along. And we have Phil Anselmo on the show, which is amazing. We had a lot of fun. A very good conversation. A lot of insight about his uh, appreciation for horror and, uh, you know, the reformation of Superjoin, which you guys already know about, but it's, you know, we, we got back into that. A lot of good stories that he has. This guy's just, you know, it's been all around the, the metal world for a long fucking time, and he knows his shit. He's got a very good ear for music. It's um, a cool record label. Yeah, Housecore Records. Pick some he shit up on, on cool there. festival every year. Yeah, and we'll talk about that as well as Horror Film Festival, which he might have some insight about, you know, uh, what's in store for 2017 with that, if, if you know, we're not really sure. So uh, just check out the interview and uh, let us know what you guys think. And uh, we will now bring you the Phil Anselmo interview. So thank you guys for listening. Check out Witchfinder General, a.k.a. Conqueror Warmer. If you haven't, if you just now somehow found out that Vincent Price, you know, who he was, and uh, hopefully not if you're listening to this, but, you know, if, if, if we're the people that kind of convinced you to, like, yeah, I should probably go check him out now, then... That's good yeah, stuff. Go do that. That's good it's stuff. Awesome. You don't have to, but, you know, you can always go watch Fast and Furious 14, but <laughs> it's a, I'd yeah, recommend you that's a, that's a horror but, movie mm-hmm. in a different direction. But uh, yeah, so enjoy the the interview, and uh, as always, from us and the Doctor at Phantasm, stay fucking gory. Corey Gore Christ Zero, Dr. Vincent West. We are here with the man that needs no introduction, Phil Anselmo. How you doing, man? Good, brother. How you doing? Doing great. Uh, you're on the Super Joint Tour. It's getting near the end of the tour for it, correct? Yeah, this leg of it, yes. All right. And uh, how's the tour been going so far? I think it's awesome. Great. The smaller the room, the better. <laughs> right, yeah. I love it, man. And the kids, uh... And, uh... Oldsters alike <laughs> right. are singing the lyrics to the new songs, and it's amazing. It's good shit, man. <laughs> good right. shit. And then uh, talk a little bit about going back into Super Joint after so many years. Ah, it's nothing really uh, that hasn't been covered, but uh, between Kate Richardson and uh, Corey Mitchell, rest in peace. Uh, when we were doing year two of the Housecore Horror and Film Festival, year one I did, uh, 
I did the uh, gig with Down, so it was right. like it was like you know what band, what band, <laughs> and they were like do Super Joint, do Super Joint, and I, I really I put it out of my radar completely, or off the radar completely, and um, I guess when it came down to the wire, uh, basically said uh, let me check with Jimmy. Sure. He said he was open for it, and I said, well, let me check with Kevin. He was wide open for it, so I said, wow, I'm the only asshole with the door closed. <laughs> let me find the key and unlock this motherfucker. <laughs> and, you know, and uh, the choice of Blue and Steve, who I've been jamming with, with the Illegals. I love the Illegal stuff. It's great, awesome. it's good stuff. New Illegals blow, good shit. blows it away. Oh wow! I might give you. I might give you a sneak peek. Sure, that'd be amazing. A little bit, but um, uh, so picking them to jam with was easy, and uh, we got in the room and it was fun. It was really uh, the chemistry between the guys, everybody getting along, and no bullshit, no drama, (laughs) no fucking extra burden of anything and just right. fucking playing the songs and uh, it ended up being a blast and here we are awesome you know and then we'll talk a little bit about um, the caught up in the gears of application sure. record going into that um, whatever you want to ask just the writing process for that coming back into super joint jamming it out uh, super joint to me is really just a The New Orleans feel itself right. meets uh, hardcore, really. You know, in, yeah. in the vein of Black Flag, of course. Uh, oh yeah, maybe uh, and, I, and a handful of other hardcore bands. You know, it's 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 uh, between negative approach and agnostic front, etc., etc., etc. So. <laughs> you know, it's like fucking, you know, uh, you take all those type of influences and you relive them and you understand why you love them to begin with. Sure. And, uh, you know, so the writing process was make sure it sounds like super joint, make sure it feels authentic and uh, valid. Absolutely. You know, uh, so that, that, that to me, the validity was the important part, and so far, so good. Awesome. Love the production of it. It's real. Yeah, it's real. It's like, you know, no clicky uh, trigger drums or anything like that. Just raw. It kind of gets away from people now. You know, I've always been a fan of the raw sound. Yeah, of course. Just, and that's, just, uh, just I'm, I'm, I'm regressing. Now, that's, right. where, <laughs> that's where my regression comes in. Bring on the production. Uh, right. Less of it, per, per, you know, personally. That's why, you know, uh, to be a fan of you and then to see you as a producer yourself and find these bands, it's it's awesome that you have is it's crazy. It's uncanny. It's awesome. Well, it is, you, you got to have an open mind. You sure. know, a band like Child Bite, you know. Oh, they're great. I really like really Extremely like different band. And yeah. You'll see tonight very uh, excellent live band. Uh, just fucking uh, really on their own uh, trip as far as 
their influences. I mean, I can sit here and tell you what they remind me of, but it doesn't really do them any justice. Right. When you got to, you know, experience childlike for what it is, you know, there's many, right. many different influences that just happen to come out the way it does, and uh, I love it, and I wish, you know, more innovation upon more bands, you know, that, that, that would be great, I love innovation, you know, oh, yeah. because we've already got set genres, Sure. so it's like, you know, and also set sub-genres and sub-sub-genres, and, uh, you know, cross all sorts of different lines and avenues of music so it's like why not look for the bands that are doing it the best you know and, yeah uh, you know I can't say I have a handle on all of those because <laughs> I don't you know right. it, it's it's a worldwide thing and I'm a fan of a lot of different bands that you know are tied up in record deals and stuff like that and you know plus we are a do-it-yourself you know, record label with without tons of fucking money to spend sure. or anything like that. So money's money for anybody these days. Yeah. So I only get the opportunity to work with so many bands at one point and one time. So uh, you know, it's like <laughs> everybody asks me, you know, where do you get the time? Where do you get the energy? Where do you get the? <laughs> and I'm like, man, I, it's from the second I wake up, I'm like thinking of something, you know. So. Right. I gotta see it through. Sure, it's introduced me to a lot of really cool bands. Yeah. I like the variety. It's absolutely. Great stuff. Yeah, I appreciate it. Man. Yeah, I really do. It's some good stuff. And then speaking of housecore, do you want to talk about how the horror fest came about? That's it's, well, that's it's huge. slowly coming around. You know, uh, this year uh, for uh, I'm look, I guess we're looking at November again. And, uh, awesome. There's a bunch of bands on the table and as far as thematic uh, things go as far as uh, films or directors or anything like that I think that's still up in the air to a degree and and, uh, nothing I can announce uh, officially until I get the fucking green light (laughs) you know because right now everything's I mean it's fucking what February 1st right everything's kind of in a holding pattern uh, until the green light that proverbial green light yeah and then uh, you've been doing the horror convention circuit as yeah well. man that's How's been that a blast going? that's been fucking I'm going fun. to uh, Days of the Dead this weekend in Atlanta oh, so going, I know you've done I that a I times, wish yeah. I'd be there man fuck man but you're going to Mad Monster would be your next one, I think. Uh, you South Carolina. Know, know better than me. Yeah, <laughs> I was actually. I we just usually... get, I get tapped on the shoulder and say, "Hey, you know this Wednesday, uh, <laughs> we're flying out to that." I'm like, "Oh, fuck." But how's bro. the uh, convention circuit working out? Awesome. I think it's great. You get to see a lot of your got, guys you like in horror movies. Uh, or... Well, that and you know, media. You know, when you get to hang out with guys like Chris Sarandon and stuff oh, like that amazing. and sit there and talk shit and talk love, <laughs> Lovecraft and this and that and their take on some of my favorite stories. Like, you know, he was in the 
wannabe Charles Dexter Ward type movie, and he let me he let me know that they were low on funds and this and that, and because that's like one of my favorite Lovecraft stories of all time. Sure, Charles Dexter Ward, you know, the strange case of. Uh, so I always wanted to ask him about that. So that was an interesting conversation, and you know, then you got your. Ginger Lens and uh, ex porn stars and stuff like that. Oh, that's uh, got to be great. Yeah. You know, and they're cool. They're so down to earth and so real. You know, mm-hmm. even guys like uh, Ric Flair, shit like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, me that. Yeah, we you, get you a guys did like a funny. We, video. Well, yeah, it, it, was, it was really because I had the opportunity to basically tell the entire table of like eight assholes from the walking <laughs> dead to go fuck themselves <laughs> because they had, they had fucking absolutely uh, um, I hate using this word but but dissed fucking Ric Flair's wife really oh my god yeah and I, I just mm-hmm. I had to remind them that they're success is fleeting and they will be killed <laughs> off one day and there are plenty of pretty faces in Hollywood to sure. take their place <laughs> and when they get older hopefully they uh, stay pretty you know yeah. for the cameras because it doesn't <laughs> last all that fucking long so enjoy while you got it not all quote unquote talent <laughs> and you're not to mention they were cowards and sat there right. and just shook so <laughs> That was, that was fun. More power to Ric Flair. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Damn right. Woo! Yeah. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hell, yeah. And do are any of the uh, actors and stuff you met during the conventions any of them fans of your music? Bunch of them. Really? Shit. Oh. I, more than I would ever even fucking garner. I, I was very surprised. Uh, That's awesome. I, I'm terrible with names and shit, <laughs> but I mean, like, they're... The, like the main dude uh, boyfriend guy from uh, Gremlins uh, I don't know I forget his name oh, uh, dark haired cat I know you're talking about Max. he was unbelievable he was like he knew every fucking song in the fucking <laughs> book and all kind of motherfuckers man it just but he, him right off the bat like a guy like that you know you'd never think would be a Pantera fan but it's like you know, thinking of obscure people, it's like, wow, really? <laughs> Unbelievable. That's cool. He almost knew more than I did. I was like, God, <laughs> what a memory you have, <laughs> sir. That's right. And then uh, Bill Mosley. William Mosley, what a fucking credit to the human race. <laughs> He's a very stand up guy. I've known him many, many, many years. And wow. Really, we were introduced. I think as a uh, offset of each other, me being a musician, him being a horror guy, and interviewed in that type of way, but it was me mostly talking about horror and him sitting there going, wow, (laughs) what movie is that again, you know, and then we developed a friendship, and since then, you know, it's like, you know, Anytime he's in town, he stops by the house, you know, hangs out, comes over. 
It's amazing. That uh, it is. That's awesome. But you know, then making music with those. It's almost like I wish I would have known his capabilities then as I do now because I would have been a lot tougher on him. All right. Because the dude, can, <laughs> he can sing. He can fucking sing. And he's got an incredible range. Sure. He's not a baritone like I am. He's a tenor, so he can really, really, you know, honestly cool. hit. Higher notes, and he, he knows how to harmonize with himself. He, he can do a lot of things, and he's got very interesting um, uh, visual type of lyrics, and I, I'm always appreciative of that. Sure. And then you know he's very hard-headed too <laughs> uh, when it com- <laughs> when it comes to lyrics, like Corpus Crispy. It was like. <laughs> Bill, can we please just call the song Corpus Christi? No, 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 no. <laughs> Even my wife, you know, she wants me to, she doesn't like it. I keep telling her it's Corpus Christi. It means something to me. I'm like, well, you can't argue with, <laughs> you can't argue with that. So uh, if it means something to you, then here's my silly guitar part and you sing, brother. You know, so uh, working with Bill's great and actually even better is being his friend. Uh, That's really cool. He's a a dynamite person. He's just um, an inspiration, really. Yeah, he's been in the... Big time inspiration. It's now February, so it's been... About 14 days, if not 10 days, away from me being off booze for one year. Congratulations. Yeah. Appreciate it. It's awesome. Yeah, it feels awesome. Uh, So, uh, you know, he's been 20 something years sober. So it's like. It's weird in February also. So I'm catching up to him, you know. It's like, you know, yeah, this this month. In February, it'll be. A like year. this month it'll be a year. six years since I quit smoking. Oh, uh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, that's fine. One, one thing I have to It's know. for the throat. Yeah. <laughs> like that's uh, just for my personal thing. It wasn't for health. Was Lemmy's, like, Lemmy's last days, you know. I rest in peace. Uh, we played a uh, a festival together and he wanted to see me and of course I went in and I talked with the great one and I'd known him for two decades before that. Right. All he, all he was always, 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 especially when I was young. He was uh, always the one to tell me that, you know, music and your lifetime in music and you popularity and whatever you know it's it's here and gone it's 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 a, a fleeting thing and uh, it's also ebb and flow you know there'll be points in time in your career if you keep going 
where, you know, you'll be misunderstood, you'll be not popular, what you do won't be in, you know, and this is back when I was in Pantera, and he said to me back then, he said, you know, what y'all, what you guys do really doesn't sound to my ears that different from what we do and at the time I was thinking to myself well yeah you know it's different but I guess it isn't all that different right. figuring it's drums bass guitar uh, format you know vocals format you know uh, it's, I can see where he's coming from but the bigger picture now in hindsight is is, is the fact that you know music is ebb and flow and the more bands that you're in you know the more different size crowds you'll have type of crowds you'll have this type of and, and all that shit and it's like you know looking back on it you know I remember like I said about a month before he passed or a couple months before he passed when we did the festival together I reminded him of that story and he remembered and he says uh, well Phil let's have a cigarette to our voices <laughs> and I said I hear you old boy let's do it man so we smoked smoked the cigarette together and it's uh, amazing it is yeah man but he very very uh, real guy very very down to earth guy and he will be missed. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And we actually went and saw him at Charlotte, one of the last shows he did in the U.S. before they went over to I Germany. will let you know that he was miserable during those last yeah. shows. He had to leave the a show. A lot of pain. Yeah. A lot of pain. But he did not want to leave the stage. And I can... I can feel that, you know, because yeah. I, I'm a walking injury... You know, I mean, I wake up and I feel like I'm in a car record every fucking day of my life. Mm. Blown out a lot of different parts of my fucking body, you know, doing what I do. And I just re I realize that, you know, these days I don't have to go up there and destroy myself to get the fucking <laughs> point across. Sure. You know, I, I have to. I'm doing an interview, man. Yeah. Get out, dude. Uh, Get out. Uh, <laughs> I love Jimmy. He's funny. Uh, anyway, uh, but, um, yeah, man. He hated the pain. Let me. Yeah. But loved the stage. And um, I can relate to that. We appreciate both of you for what you've done. And no, but I mean, I mean, his complications uh, much more, much more uh, for real than yeah. mine. I mean, mine are real, but his is, yeah. his was, uh, it did exactly what it was intended to do. It mm -hmm. killed him, and, uh, I guess we're all heading down that route eventually one day. And, uh, I mean, what do you want? You know, <laughs> a heroic everybody, you know, 
jumps off a cliff. It doesn't happen that way, you know. It, just gotta live till you die. You yeah, know? it just happens. Let me do that to the fullest, and I believe you're doing and, that and to the do, fullest. And well. do what you do best till yeah. till you can't. He fucking owned it, so you know. Yes, he did. And I know you know you own it definitely too. And that's, yeah, oh, fuck we appreciate that. that. Damn right. You gotta own it. Corey had never seen him, so we went through hell to get to the show because he never got to see Motorhead. So when we got there, it was just amazing. We just right in front of the stage. We got down face there. Off. It was like, there's the gunslinger. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was perfect. It was First really time forced. I saw Motorhead was 1985 with Agnostic Front and That's Hollow's crazy. Eve. Oh, wow. In New Orleans. That sounds killer. 85. So Agnostic Front was Were you really born yet? No. They Five played. years later. Right. Exactly. <laughs> he was. He's some I was in fifth more. grade. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so a, so uh, there you go. That's how old yeah. I am. That's all right. It's amazing. I think of myself. How old I am. Yes, it is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I think of my... Well, he, he calls me the old spirit, but I have a young that's, that's old spirit. That's all right. It's good know. to have an old spirit. Old soul. That's yeah, right. Old soul. Definitely. That's me. But Phil, we can't uh, thank you enough for doing this with us. Sure. It's Any horror questions? Yeah, we, if you don't mind. Uh, yeah. What's your favorite horror? That's impossible. I, that's, <laughs> I guess, if you could narrow it down to top five. Maybe. What about the first horror movie you saw? That's. that's, that's <laughs> I grew up with it, man. I, yeah, I got it. I did too. I saw Exorcist when I was like five, and I, I watched horror movies me, ever since. It was like Black Sabbath. Uh, okay. Fiend without a face. How awful about Alan? The original. Don't be afraid of the dog with Kemp Darby. You know, fucking Attack of the Crab Monsters. You know, I, I, I grew up with it all. That's awesome. Uh, everything from Starman to Godzilla to fucking The Exorcist and all that shit. You know, so. But I am a collector. I'm a historian. I got the original Frankenstein that's 15 minutes long. Wow. Shot uh, I believe right in the, I think the name Thomas Edison pops in there. Wow. So I, I have that a massive black and white collection. I'm, I love television horror. Uh, for, uh, basically uh, all American television horror and uh, even British television are so. Oh, of course. I, my collection of all those things are pretty vast, and, and um, got a shitload of uh, comrades around the world. <laughs> and I gotta definitely give a big shout out to sure. for sending me uh, all the great stuff that they've sent me around the world. That really you just don't get to see. Unless you know the name of it, you can scramble it on YouTube and find it. But right. uh, pardon me. Unless you know <laughs> the name of it, unless you know exactly what you're looking for, it's like, nah, you know. And it's it's also an appeal thing too. You know, it's like you know some British television horror the BBC did back in the day might not appeal to um a modern young millennials <laughs> right. vision of what 
horror might be, but sure. that's not necessarily true. It's it's once again like music, film, uh, specifically horror and genres of horror are like food. You love it, you hate it, or you're <laughs> right. into, or you're indifferent <laughs> right. to it. Sure. You don't give a fuck about it. It's like, eh, you know, one way or another. So, right. it's all not eye of the beholder, man. So, hail horror, hail. Fuck yeah. Oh, yeah. Love some horror. Oh, God, yes. Now, uh, do you like any Italian horror stuff? Is of that course. Good? Uh, do you a Fulci or more Argentin? Fulci. Me too. Hands down. Fucking <laughs> easy answer there. To me, Argento goes nowhere, but it's beautiful looking. Yeah. Uh, Fulci also goes nowhere, but at least it's <laughs> gory. Yeah. It is fucking <laughs> gory. And, and case in point, I think my favorite Fulci movie, House by the Cemetery. Love that film. Makes no sense at all. No. But <laughs> it, it's just, I mean, the. The Freudstein house, the Freudstein. It's Dr. Freudstein down there somehow, I guess, you know. (laughs) And weren't they supposed to move out at one point, but never did? And yeah. We we gotta move out here tonight. Okay, baby, I promise. (laughs) And then the next scene, it's like, ready to go to bed. You know, it's like, well, wait, I thought we were leaving this fucking house bar, you know. Anyway, so, yeah, fuck, oh, fuck, fuck, oh, Italian horror. Just remember, there's only one Mario Baba. Oh, Sorry. yeah, Baba's. Only one Mario Baba. Black Sabbath. Yeah, Black Sunday. Kill, baby, kill. And I could keep going, but the atmosphere, the lighting, the creativity, the, I guess mood falls under atmosphere as well. Uh, It's tough to beat Mario Bava, genius, innovator, um, and I would have to say tremendous influence or uh, upon our beloved Fulci's and Argento's etc etc you you cannot not agree because all you have to do is take a look at what came first the chicken or the fucking egg and definitely it's fucking Baba Baba who was laying the fucking eggs all over the fucking place so it's like you know we reviewed uh, Bay of Blood on our podcast one of the first ones we did Bay of Blood like uh, like the Friday the 13th of of its time yeah yeah I got a box copy of it awesome yeah my VHS collection is ridiculous it's amazing yeah I got some crazy shit man but I will say there's one movie I, I, I like bad cinema as well yeah, it's fun sometimes watch the campy stuff. Yeah, but I think there's been a new level and not only of confidence and power, but of absurdity. Right. You gotta make fun of your <laughs> you gotta make fun of your old 
bullshit. <laughs> and yourself. You got to learn to laugh at yourself. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Be absurd. Thrive yeah. on it. <laughs> um, it's fun that way. You got to see. And if you haven't seen it, I, uh, I wish you good luck. And I, <laughs> I, I hope you're as excited about it as I am. And you turn as many people on to it as possible. But the Greasy Strangler. I've heard so much about that. Is it's it good? Great. Those guys are going to be at that convention you're going uh, to. I know. Yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> and I'm going to handshake them. I am going to stick out my hand and shake their hands. And if they <laughs> allow me... I will hug them <laughs> with nothing but pure uh, enthralled fucking worship because <laughs> I we're, we're wrapping up because I will say this there has not been a more fearless cast since Cannibal Holocaust. Wow. Yeah. Damn. And we're talking about two completely different type of films and two completely different types of phobias. And uh, whilst The Greasy Strangler might make you feel very uncomfortable at times. Bravo. <laughs> Bravo to them. What a great, great cult classic that shall remain. I'm calling it a cult classic right now. And when it came out, <laughs> what, last year? The yeah. end of last year? I've never heard of it. I haven't it's seen it yet. amazing. I've got a box copy that I brought. Wow, okay. Only one on tour. The Greasy Strangler. <laughs> Special oh. Director's Edition. Oh, God. I got yeah. I Blu-ray at home. Yeah. So, uh, That's what we review is the Blu-ray. So. I, uh, I we'll pick a, it up and we'll do it. We'll do it for you, maybe. We'll, yeah, for this yeah, interview, yeah, yeah, but, but do don't, it. don't, don't, uh, don't pigeonhole it into a horror film. Call it a cult Classic, right? Okay. Classic, gotcha. and you can mark my words on that. Awesome. Well, you heard it here, guys. Greasy Strangler, the official recommendation from Phil and Sam on the oh, God, yes. podcast. Definitely. So go check that shit out, and we'll definitely watch it ourselves. Maybe review it on our podcast with this episode. <laughs> Good we'll luck see. with that, <laughs> <laughs> because there isn't a scene that goes by where you see what you even think you're gonna fucking see. It's <laughs> it's like... That sounds like a good time, honestly. It's cigarettes. It's, <laughs> uh, I guess if you're a glutton like I am... Right. For, uh... <laughs> it's not necessarily punishment, but it's more like, uh... What's the great director Waters, uh, John or John Waters? John Waters, of course. Yeah, I always want to say Roger because of the, yeah, the, the, Pink, the, Floyd. the, the Pink Floyd thing. Well, it's Pink Flamingos. 
but it's exactly <laughs> that's think, where it comes in. Yeah, yeah. it fucks with you. <laughs> but <laughs> women problem—that's my favorite one. But uh, uh, it's like water, but not. <laughs> I can. And this is this guy's first movie he's ever done. Really. It's going to be tough to top. It's really going to be tough to top unless this dude is just a plain fucking genius and he's got his ducks clearly in a row. It's like... this: uh, The Greasy Strangler is like the first ghost record. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to yeah. be tough to beat. I'd like to check that out. Yeah, we'll give it a shot. It's been out for a year already, like on Blu-ray. I guess. Huh. It's out. It's for sale. All right. Hit up your, uh, what is it, Google or... <laughs> Amazon. Amazon. There yeah. you go. It's on Amazon. Hit on your Google cool. store. Nail it. Whatever. It's Might worth it. every fucking penny. Awesome. Hell yeah. Well, we'll wrap this up. Thank you so much for, you got it, for doing this. And uh, it's Anytime. been an honor talking to you. Absolutely, brother. And, uh... We'll be at the show later, so we'll see you there and do your thing. This is Philip H. Anselmo, and you're fucking listening to the Phantasm Podcast. Beware. Beware. Beware, you sons of bitches. Soon from Phantasm. Walk through this door and enter a nightmare of supernatural horror. Seven doors of death. Evil's fatal omen. Who else is here? There's nobody here. I can feel a presence. Somebody else is in here. Seven Doors of Death. Kim Hankel, author of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, calls it terrifying, unique, surreal, one of the best horror films I've ever seen. Mommy. Arthur. On a gloomy, rain-swept night, a ferocious battle is being fought between two girls and a vicious, deranged fiend on a murderous rampage. Paralyzed with fear and on the verge of hysteria, they try to escape its chillingly merciless savagery. They know it's there, behind these doors, the seven doors of death. These doors conceal a hideous poltergeist waiting to unleash its sinister revenge. Now look, Emily, I've lived in New York all my life, and if there's one thing I've learned not to believe in, it's ghosts. Seven Doors of Death. Your blood will run cold as the icy fingers of death tighten their stranglehold.
Vicky. You made them go away. Same. Kim Henkel, author of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, filled with unrelenting excitement, a truly original haunted house thriller. Tobe Hooper, director of Poltergeist. Seven Doors of Death. It will scare the hell out of you. Rated R. They broke into the mall for the wildest all-night party of their lives. It's dead meat. But you're never alone. In the chopping mall. What's that? Robot life. Chopping mall. We're shopping costs you an arm and a leg. cities, the concealed threat, the invisible terror, Chris. they can sense the rhythm of your blood, hear clouds pass overhead, see where you are blind, a 
force so deadly, it will tear the screen from your throat. <laughs> Wherever you are, they are. Somewhere in the world, every other day, a corporate executive is assassinated. Team her up with Wilson. Murphy Mahoney, I'm comfortable with. You're uncomfortable? With surprises. There's not a trace, not a speck of metal. Nothing softer could have ripped and ravaged like this. Is it an animal? Well, it ain't human. Do you realize how many people disappear without a trace? Something out there might be eating people. Did you hear that? Separated. By what? The carnivore. You got yourself some kind of meat eater. Meat eater. Meat eater. Meat eater. Meat eater. Meat eater. say he just reeks but he's a good boy but he has what you might call basic hygiene problems sometimes buddy likes to mess around and sometimes kids play in buddy's slaughterhouse and they make fun of buddy but buddy likes to play with his friends let me go don't scare the poor thing, boy. Take off that damn mask. That's better. Don't mess with his hogs. Three hundred sixty pounds of Evermania. He's going all wild at the... Slaughterhouse. 